0: Right, welcome back to another episode of Get to the Point with Buddy and Seabear. Uh, week one just wrapped up last night. Uh, it was honestly a lackluster Saturday, a lot of blowouts, and then Sunday and Monday made up for it. Had some games that we kind of called a little bit about some teams that we thought were a little bit, a little bit overhyped, and they got brought down
1: really quickly. Seabear. Uh, What – you just tell me what you think about – pick your team, roll. All right.
2: So, I just want this to be said. I have been saying Utah minus the spread for like two months, okay? Billy Napier quite – he very well could be the worst coach in not just the SEC but in college football. Billy Napier is a freaking joke. That's about all there is to say about that. Florida very evidently wants Billy Napier out. The question is, is when? When is it going to happen?
0: Yeah, well, the Florida game was pretty rough. They got just beat down by a team on their second string quarterback. So I'll, we were expecting Cam Rising to play the whole time. And the next thing you know, right before the game shows up, right before the game starts, he's not playing. So they're playing a second and third string quarterback, kind of interchanging them. And they just beat down Florida. Florida should have the athlete advantage. They should. Uh, the play calling was horrific. They are like one of, 15 or something like that on third and fourth downs. Had so many pre-snap penalties, especially on third and short when you just can't do that. So Florida was rough. But I want to go to LSU because that was one of the teams we said was overhyped. And that was rough, man. They were right there. They they took a lead 17-14 right before half. And then Florida State scores 31 unanswered. Jaden Daniels looked like kind of what I expected. He was talked about for a Heisman, and he's not anywhere close to that. He's more middle of the pack in the SEC, not not Heisman, not best player in the country type talk. Didn't do anything. Brian Kelly just didn't make any adjustments to whatever um, Norvell and Florida State were doing. They just did whatever they wanted to, especially on offense. Keon Coleman went off. He had 122 yards, three touchdowns. Jordan Travis had a really good game. Threw for four touchdowns, over 340 yards. They did exact They did whatever they wanted to. It was it was ridiculous. I was um, that was a pretty sad performance for the number five team in the country in the preseason. I, th- I just thought that was they looked overmatched. They didn't belong in that game, especially in the second half. They had so many opportunities in the first half, and they couldn't couldn't take advantage. They very first drive of the game, they were down inside the five and did had six plays inside the five and wasn't able to score. Um, it was. What just, did I say and, live,
2: buddy? What did I say live? I said if LSU said, doesn't score right here, what's going to
0: happen? You said the game was over, and you were right. I was right. Yeah, I was right. It was. I mean, that was it was sad. And then last night was one. of – I very much enjoyed Clemson just falling off. I and mean, it looks like in our man Brad Haynes made a great point. Before the game started, uh, they had Dabo on the uh, ESPN, the pre the pregame show, whatever they had him just talking to him and he said something about he said that even with Riley um with Garrett Riley in, uh new offensive coordinator came from TCU last year and put up all kinds of numbers. He said that we're still gonna run a Clemson offense. In a, like like Coach Haynes said, he said it was a very arrogant way. So all they had was Shipley, Kade Klubnick's not any good. He looked. I mean, they got rid of him. I mean, they they kept him. And I think what really drove home the point was the game earlier on Sunday, was watching Oregon State and DJ Uiangoa throw for five touchdowns and they got rid of him. But they wanted him to run the Clemson offense, but he let him loose a little bit and he shows out and the
1: Clemson offense doesn't work and they get smashed by basketball school and do. Why,
2: if you're a Clemson fan, do you want Dabo Sweeney to keep being your head coach? Why? He's a freaking joke. He is a clown. If he does not have a number one overall pick talent in quarterback, they are no bueno. As no bueno. They're terrible. Their defense is really good, buddy. Will Shipley yeah, he- is really good. Their offensive line is really good. They have zero wide receivers, and Cade Klubnick as your quarterback is a freaking joke. Cade Klubnick could not start over ten SEC quarterbacks.
0: I mean it's he's bad. very he's very athletic and they were I would expect him to use his legs more. But they didn't. And when he did use his legs, he didn't make plays. Like late in the game on a fourth and nine, he has a first down. And then he slides. He starts sliding way too early. They mark him down. It was a late hit. Uh, It was an interesting call. He's called it a – it was – let's see, they called it a dead ball after the play. I mean, unnecessary roughness. And that gave Duke the ball, so it didn't matter. But you still – if you dive head first, you get the first down, and you're right there in the game. Uh, you can at least make it close and give yourselves a chance. And they didn't. And then Duke goes down and scores and beats them by, I'm we'll say they beat them
2: 28-7. It was brutal. It was so bad. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't. I had Clemson minus six. I teased it because I genuinely thought there was no way that Duke could score. But i tell you what killed it, buddy. You go down, and you have an opportunity to score, and you fumble. Okay? I get it. It happens. It happened twice. That's – they go – and then dude goes down, and they don't tackle. He scores a touchdown on a 45-yarder. And then somehow, someway – somehow, some way, you find a way to go down there and get a 23-yard field goal blocked for the second time of the night, and then you go back down to the red zone and fumble it again. And this is the thing. You cannot blame it on a running back. Cade Klubnick is literally trying to force the ball at the last second into the running back's hands. This, is, I mean, the dude's a freaking joke. They haven't they haven't zone read anything all night, and you think you're going to zone read from the freaking five yard line? Just give him the freaking football, man. Like you're not going to hold anybody up. Just give the dude the football. Especially Maffa and Will Shipley. Those were the only positive pieces on offense the entire night. That Maffa dude and Will Shipley definitely, definitely, definitely need to look into the transfer portal.
0: I mean, it's at this point, though, it's too late for this year. I mean, you uh, one for one for five inside the red zone, had two missed field goals, two fumbles inside the five. It just doesn't work. And that's, but it, it happened. And, Clemson has dropped all the way from number nine in the country to number 25 in this latest AP poll that came out earlier today. Why are they even ranked? I don't know. I was surprised. Uh, They look bad. They don't look like a top
2: 25 team. No. No. The only thing that's positive is their defense.
0: Yeah, the defense is solid. But Riley Leonard looked good. He ate them
2: up in the second half. Yeah, but what is this crap he talk, people are talking about? He's the third-best quarterback in the country. So go shove that smoke up somebody else's butt. I'm not freaking having it. He's not the
0: third-best quarterback in the country. That's a little bit much. But, I mean, he, he's probably,
2: what, second-best in the ACC? Which is not saying a whole lot because, like I said, Kate Klubnik is a top-five quarterback in the ACC, and he can't go to the SEC and start for any team that has an above five hundred record.
0: That's, yeah. All right, let's jump in the rest of week one. Uh. Biggest biggest game of the weekend. We talked about it. Didn't really know what to expect from Coach Prime in Colorado. Well, they proved just about everybody wrong. Uh, went into Fort Worth, beat TCU 45-42. Shador Sanders looked like the real deal. Travis Hunter looked like the real deal. Uh he was he had 118 yards receiving and he had an interception, played like over a hundred snaps. Shador had threw for over 500 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he, he looked legit. You were, so, you were questioning whether or not he was going to be able to transfer that skill from the FCS to the FBS, and it looked like he did fine.
2: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat those words, and I'm already eating those words. I'm okay to eat those words. But this is what I don't think. I don't think TCU is good enough for us to consider Colorado being a top 25 team. I think we have grossly, grossly, grossly overestimated TCU and what they could be this year because their perimeter defense, quite possibly the worst I saw all all, all Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Their perimeter defense is horrible.
0: I think Colorado, just with the performance against what was a preseason top 25 team, I think they should be in the top 25 and they're right there at 22. I don't have a problem with them being in the top 25. However, you got people talking about them making the playoff now, I and mean, their schedule's not that hard. But they're still, if you look at it, they're still six and six is very realistic and probably what's going to happen. Uh, like I said, like I said last week, if they make a bowl game, I consider that a, a win for them this year. Uh, they were projected 3.6 wins this year, which is, I mean, the worst in the FBS, but I think that. Now you may think, I mean, they have a lot more talent than I think a lot of people thought. They had over, they had four guys have over 100 yards receiving, which was, I mean, they really spread the ball around. Um, Dylan Edwards looked really good; scored three touchdowns as a running back. He caught three touchdowns. Uh, to me,
2: he was the most impressive piece of the of the Colorado offense. That dude, when he set the corner on that, what was it, fourth quarter? It, it was, was like
0: fourth, a best play. It was fourth and two. It was fourth and two uh, down four I think and they had I mean they had to do something there they were they would have lost and made it just like a mesh play run across the middle made a play was able to change speeds enough to where he got around the uh, cornerback and went and scored they made a fourth down stop on for TC against TCU and found a way to win the game but Dylan Edwards looked really good Jimmy Horn sure. made some really good plays too I mean they I think Colorado is a lot better than we expected them to be I don't think that's a question but I don't think – I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on them being a legit contender.
2: Yeah, they're nowhere close. And that's just kind of like the thing. is like you look at TCU defending – coming off of a national championship run, right, second-place team. They got beat by 56 points in that game. So like, And they lost a lot. And they lost a lot. If we're going to look at what it takes to be a playoff team, TCU is not that standard. Alabama, Georgia, I would I, I can't you can't say Clemson anymore. Ohio State, Michigan, those type teams, dude. Colorado can't go Colorado can't go in, in uh the shoe and and freaking win a game. Colorado I mean, can't got, show up in and Bryant Denny and win a game.
0: Well they got Oregon on the schedule. They got USC on the schedule. I think that's gonna hum them pretty quickly.
2: And I agree. I, I don't know. I like a lot
0: of people are having problems with Dion and that his post game stuff. I like it. That's him. I think that's part of what makes him a good coach. I think that's just what his guys have bought into. I don't have much of a problem with it. Uh, the same ones that are getting all mad about that are the ones that think that Ohio State and Alabama and Michigan and the only schools that make the playoffs should be there every year because they're, they're, they do it right or however you want to call it. Dion does it different
2: and I don't have a problem with it. I like it. The one problem I have with Dion is he doesn't know when to stop. That's the one problem I have. Even in that interview, like he did Friday or Saturday, he told he was he was at the back end of his speech, and he looks at the woman that asked him a question and goes, "You doubted us." And she's like, "I never. I don't even know who you are." And he's like, I, "I know who they are. I got receipts." It's like, dude, hey, hey, we get it. Just calm down. Like we, I know you're excited, but there's a certain point as a head coach, like. And this is like, I'm a coach, so, and you were a coach. You know those teams that ride the roller coaster, buddy? They, they stay high, and then they get killed, and they can't get back up. To me, that's a that's, Colorado team.
1: That's,
0: that's Colorado, yeah.
2: That, to me, that's Colorado. And it, they're yep. going to get – I genuinely think they're going to get humbled this weekend with Nebraska coming in because Nebraska's not a bad team. They got a good head coach. They're going to win in the trenches. It's going to be interesting. We'll we'll
0: get into that a little bit more um, later on. Uh, Let's move on to the Battle of the Carolinas. South Carolina was very underwhelming. North Carolina did just enough to win that game. They won 31-17. Drake may looked decent. uh, Had two touchdowns, but he threw two picks. Spencer Rattler didn't look very good. It was a pretty disappointing game for South Carolina. The SEC went 0 and three against ranked teams this week. I don't. Do you buy that into being an issue?
2: No, yeah. because they didn't play Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, anybody like that.
0: Yeah, it was a bad Florida team that lost. South Carolina was. I mean, we they had a lot of hype coming in, but nobody. They're not proven. Mm-mm. And then LSU just, I think, was overrated anyway. So
2: way overrated. We said it at the beginning when we went over our our predictions for the season. I think we both had LSU at nine and three. Yeah, and I still think they can finish nine and three, but they're not going to beat Bama the way they looked the other night. It's going to be really tough for them in the West. I, I mean, they got to come to Mississippi State in a couple weeks. That's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, well, moving on. talking about Bama. Jalen Milrow looked really good. Uh, they beat—I mean, it was Middle Tennessee State, and they beat them fifty-nine to seven, I think. And but Milrow reminded me a lot of reminded me a lot of Blake Sims in two thousand fourteen uh he was more of a running guy knowing he was a running back starting out and moved to quarterback um Lane Kiffin turned him into something that was i mean they made it to all the way to the uh the playoff they lost to Ohio State that year but he was a good guy he was a good player he was able to hit Miro looked really good he ran the ball he's one of them he's probably the most athletic player on the field whenever he's on it so i mean he's like Blake Sims but faster looked really good on deep balls uh, made some pretty good decisions. I mean, it was – he played – they got more to the Alabama way of playing, which I think is a good thing for them. I think that they relied too much on Bryce Young the last few years and airing it out. I, that, but that's not Alabama. So, I think that that's – I think Alabama's perfectly fine. Uh, did you watch any of that game?
2: Yeah, I watched a little bit. I watched the first half, and then I watched – we caught, what, the back end, like the middle of the fourth quarter. I – to me – What's going to keep Alabama at the top is their running game, and I agree with you, buddy. Alabama football is not throwing the ball 75 to 25. Alabama's football, Alabama football is running 60-40. So I don't think they have a choice but to get back to that, and that does kind of worry me when you talk about SEC defenses being able to stack the box. But Milro's arm talent is good enough. His arm talent's good enough for them to to spread defenses out, and that's what it's going to come down to for Alabama is – how far is Jalen Milrow going to take you? Because realistically, the way the college and NFL game works now, you're not going to go far. We saw it with Clemson last night, right? If your quarterback sucks, you're not going far. Okay, I mean, it, it just is what it is. So I think Milroe is good enough to be that guy. But like you said, buddy, it was Middle Tennessee State. But we are getting a good game this weekend.
0: Yes, we are. Uh, but before we get to that, Ohio State, didn't look very good. Uh, they beat Indiana twenty-three to seven, but that was a game up until the last five minutes of the game. Kyle McCord didn't play very well. Uh, I, I don't really know what to buy into that, just because it's so early it as his first ever start. I think they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. But I don't know if this is. I don't, I don't think they compete with like Georgia, uh, even though I mean Georgia's a different team this year too. But I just. I don't know. I think that Michigan probably has a heads up on them right now in the Big Ten. Uh, the problem even Penn with Ohio
2: State. State. The problem with Ohio State right now is you have all the athletes in the world on the perimeter on offense with nobody to give them the ball. You've got Marvin Harrison Jr. and then that freshman that's supposed to be just as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. And you have nobody to give them the football. To me, it's kind of similar to what we're looking at with Georgia right now. I was very, very underwhelmed with Georgia offense this past weekend. I I didn't think the quarterback play was good. I I don't think the Ohio State quarterback play was good. Ohio State's just got to find a way to get the ball in their athletes' hands, whether that be throwing pops, throwing screens. If it's bringing them across in jet motion and flipping them the ball and seeing if they can cut up field and give you 10, Like they just have to find a way to get them the ball. Yeah. Uh, another guy that was
0: really hyped up this off season that I thought struggled, especially early. Picked it up a little bit late was um, Quinn Ewers, uh, Texas and Rice. It was thirty; they won 37-10, so it was pretty. Hand, they they won it easily, but I mean, it was they only had sixteen points in the first half, and they had three field goals. They were just not able to get big third, fourth down plays to get to continue drives. Had to set up for field, for field goals in the red zone early. Figured it out in the second half, but they looked fine. They looked fine. Um I bet there were a couple people in the in that stadium though that were
1: after watching that first half were probably like, Is Arch Manning coming? Is can he come in?
2: Which is a little bit irresponsible in my opinion, just because I do think Quinn Ewers is a really good quarterback. I think what it comes down to for a lot of these teams, is not opening up the playbook so early. Um, I think that was a problem with Ohio State. I think that was a problem with Georgia. I think that was a problem with Texas, right? They don't want to put everything on film, so it does kind of lend you to think that the quarterbacks aren't playing well. But once they have the full offense at their disposal, I think they're going to be fine. And you you got to think, right? If you're Sarkeesian, what's the point of going out there and putting everything on film against Rice when you've got to go to Tuscaloosa on Saturday on the next following Saturday? So it makes sense, but – I don't know, man. I, I think Quinn Ewers is good enough. I was on record last year saying that Quinn Ewers is going to be the best quarterback in the country this year. I might be wrong.
0: I mean, it's, it's still I mean, like, we don't want to overreact too much to week one. Uh, you, you're going to find out a lot about him this coming week. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, let's go to the state of Mississippi real quick. Uh, Ole Mess put up I um, don't like 600-something yards. They so scored 73 points. Jackson Dart looked really good. Uh, I think he was like somewhere around 75%, 80% completion percentage. Threw for 334 yards and four touchdowns in one half and one drive. Um, I think – I thought that he would make a big jump year two of being with Kiffin. I wasn't expecting that.
1: Um, so, I think that – our defense we gave up a touchdown very first play of the game um but um
0: didn't let them score anything else after that. I'm not worried about that right now, but it's like we said they played Mercer, so it's you don't really know what you're gonna get after after this that week one you're gonna find out a little bit this coming week. Trey Harris went off first game as a rebel, transferred in from La Tech, had one hundred and thirty three yards and scored four touchdowns uh he had three touchdowns unless in four minutes and fifteen seconds into the, the game, it was he set a school, new school record and he lit it up. I was really happy to see that uh, Jordan Watkins was really, really good. Impressive. It really, I was, I went, I was there. Um, it looked like Mercer was just lined up and did everything they could to stop Jukins. Jukins didn't do a whole lot. He did have two touchdowns, but then ran for sixty yards. But they were loading the box when playing cover zero, it was just straight man, man, and Dart picked him apart. And then I was happy to see they put Spencer Sanders in late in the game, and he threw for over 130 yards and th- threw two touchdowns himself. So I am not worried about the Ole Miss quarterback room at all. Um, I, I said it before in the offseason that I think we might have the deepest quarterback room in the country because Walker Howard came in and did good too. And I think I, I'll, I'll stand by it. I think we have the deepest quarterback room in the country.
2: I'm, this is what worries me about Ole Miss, buddy, for opposing teams. If you, if you load the box and you play zero on the back, they're going to pick you apart. If you try and float out five or six in coverage, Jenkins is going to run it down your throat. So it's one of those things like for Ole Miss is what do you do? It's, it's one of those things where you got to just match athlete to athlete and just try and make it your best. And that's what that's what worries me about this two-lane game for two-lane. What are you going to do? like literally you're inside in a dome on turf what are you going to do
0: it's actually at Tulane it's not in the superdome anymore They're, they they okay. have their own home okay. stadium now but yeah i know i'm excited about that we'll get into that a little bit in in just a little bit too uh but before we do all that let's i want to talk about mississippi state um Arnett's first game or first real game as a as the official head coach um Struggled early. Um, only was up twenty to seven at half against Southeastern Louisiana. Uh turned it on the second half, forty-eight seven was a final. Rodgers looked fine. He was twenty of twenty-seven for two twenty seven and two touchdowns. Uh Jaquavius Marks looked really good. Ran for 127 and two touchdowns. You were talking earlier uh just a while for the last three months, whether or not who's gonna be the starting quarterback at the end of the year. I still think Rodgers. I think Rodgers will be. I, they use Mike Wright very interesting though. Uh, they let him come in and run a lot. He ended up almost having 100 yards rushing. I think that may be more of the the plan moving forward, and I kind of like it to be able to use both of them in different different ways. Uh, so I think you beat a bad team handily. Got a decent game coming up with Arizona this coming week, and then you find out. What you're made of in week three against LSU, but I think for right now, I don't think there's any reason for concern or anything.
1: I would be just, I'd be happy about how it went. I,
2: yeah. The the one thing, the first half, you could tell the new defensive coordinator, the linebackers coach last year, he was kind of speeding through everything. Like the game was, the game was too fast for him. Um, I think Arnett might have to get to a point. Uh, we'll figure out more this weekend, but I think our Arnett might have to call the defense, um, which is going to change some things. But overall, like, I'm not upset. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you watch the first half of the game, you'd assume Mississippi State sucks. But when you watch the second half of the game, you're like, okay, that offense isn't bad. My only thing is I want to see him use Mike Wright a little bit more, and I wanted to see him get a full drive in. Like, he, ha- he had a full drive. It was four plays, and he busted one for like 80 yards. I I just want to see him throw the ball a little bit more. And I think we will see that against LSU because they're going to watch film and they're going to say, okay, they bring Mike Wright in and they're going to run the ball. First play, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and air it out and take the top off LSU's defense with Mike Wright in the game. But you can't, you can't keep doing this one quarterback, two quarterback thing. Like, you, you got to pick one guy and he's going to have to be your guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but – if, if I'm Zach Arnett and I have to pick a quarterback, it's Mike Wright. He just gives you more on offense. Will Rogers looks way better outside of the pocket, but Will Rogers does not break away speed that's going to give you 80 yard rushes. And what's the here's the thing, buddy. Will Rogers did not look that good throwing the ball, he didn't look great. Mike Wright could probably do the same thing.
0: Well, you say that you can't use the two quarterbacks. I think you can, but you just have to be smart about how you use it. I think that I'm I'm with you. If you bring Mike Wright in and he's only coming in to run the ball, then yeah, it's pretty easy to scheme up a defense to figure out how to stop that. But I think I agree with you about he needs to throw the ball more. But I think you still can use both. Uh, You just kind of be know what you're doing with it. I was a little surprised when Arnett gave up uh, play calling duties on the defense. I think at some point. He may either take them all, take it back completely, or at least have a heavy input on what's called and how that game, how they handle stuff defensively, at least during the game. I'm sure he does before and just lets his guy call it, but um during the game. But I'm sure at some point he's going to have to like be like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're not. Uh, He's just going to kind of take over, especially in big, big situations. So yeah, I I think, but I still think Ole Miss and State are fine after week one. I think they both had good week ones. Um. Old Mass was a little bit different than the State because we started hot and stayed hot. Y'all started a little bit slow, uh, but figured it out and got hot late. Um, but it's just—I mean—it's Mercer in Southeast Louisiana. You can't really tell a whole lot either way. So I was, we'll find out a lot more these coming weeks for both teams. So I'm excited about that. uh Bear, let's move on to a new segment we have on the
1: show. Yeah, we're gonna have—we're gonna call it the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Sea what was your takeaway? Just anything, anybody, any team, what was good in week one?
2: All right. I'm not, we've already talked enough about Florida State. Oregon State. Oregon State looked really good on defense and DJ looked really good at quarterback. I think Oregon State has a really good chance at competing in the Pac 12 this year. When I say competing, I mean winning the Pac 12.
0: See, that kind of pissed me off because I thought I was going to be different. But we didn't even we did not coordinate this at all. No, we but didn't. I have I have Oregon State and DJ too because I mean I was I was happy for him just because all the hate he got at Clemson. Maybe after this week though we kind of may see that it wasn't all his fault. Um, but no, he looked really good. Oregon State looked good, and uh, talk about a bad beat. That was a pretty rough over in that game. Uh, okay. When San Jose San Jose Sto- St- San Jose State scores with four seconds left to go over. That's a tough one. If you had the under in that, you probably shouldn't be. You should be really careful about taking unders in college football, just because stuff like that happens all the time.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I had a, I had over fifty five and a half in Stanford, and Hawaii, and it was set to go under. And Hawaii just marches down the field on Stanford's third string defense and scores in like thirteen seconds. So I mean, it's college yeah. football. It's stuff's gonna happen. But buddy, how good was Florida State's front seven defense, dude? Front seven on defense. How good are
0: the they? Fans? They look really good. I mean, LSU in the first half when they were scoring points, they had to find ways. I mean, they had that very first play of the game. They ran a running back out of the backside. And it was kind of gimmicky, but I mean that worked. But once you got down in the red zone and they had to make they had to get push and make plays, they weren't able to. Florida State's loaded. Um yeah. so I think they're they're really good. So but I had Oregon State and DJ. Uh my bad. Is speaking of Florida State that game? I have LSU. Uh, Jaden Daniels might be one of the most overhyped players in the country. Uh, if he's not way outside the Heisman talks now, then I don't know what it's going to take. He looked really bad. <laughs> he threw for a lot of yards, but it wasn't. I mean, but they, like I said, kind of like Clubnik, he didn't play. He did good things, but when it really mattered, he didn't make it make stuff happen. Um, he just doesn't. I don't know. He just doesn't – I I never bought in with him last year. They were a good team last year. They ended up winning the West. But they still – they did it with three losses. So it wasn't like it was just some dominant team that was coming in and they were supposed to come in and be, beat Alabama and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and all these teams and win the West and go win a national championship. I just never believed that. And I think first week, And like I said, I don't want to overreact too much on the first week, but this is – I don't think they're a national championship contender at all.
2: No, they're nowhere even close to it. The problem is with last year's LSU team, they're four plays away from being 6-6. and Mm -hmm. And that showed. That showed on Sunday night. That showed that they were not as good as they put on. I mean, look at it, man. One play away from losing to Alabama. One play away from losing to Tennessee, I believe it is and then there were two plays away from losing to Mississippi State. So right there, if you take those three wins away, they're six and six. Yeah. So, buddy, the bad, and I mean really bad, I didn't even pick it. Oh, it's a specific team, but it's a position group on the specific team. South Carolina's offensive line. Mm. You want to talk about bad? You gave up nine sacks to North Carolina. They had thirteen in twelve games last year, buddy. They had thirteen sacks in twelve games and they gave up nine. How do you and yeah. this is my thing, right? If you're Spencer Radler, did you see him when he looked off the sideline, and just threw his hands up? He's like, What am I supposed to do? I agree, dude. What do you what do you want him to do? Like literally, he's running for his life back there. He has no options. It reminds me a lot of you, your just senior year, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty rough. If you give up almost the amount of sacks in like one game as you gave up in a full. Is North Carolina had in a full season last year? I, I think that definitely considers they should be in the bad. bad. I think we both. I think we both. Like I said, we didn't coordinate this, but I think we both know exactly what the ugly is going to be.
2: Um, uh, what is your ugly? Florida's coaching. Ooh. Okay. i got Florida's coaching. Just in general, the whole bubble. That is the worst coach football game I have seen in a long, long, long time. Miserable coaching. Just like, buddy, you could have put, and this is honest to God truth, you could have put the SEC first team, all offense and defense on the field for Florida, and they would have coached themselves to lose that game. It was horrible. Terri- like, I'm not a football coach, buddy. I'm a baseball coach. I don't know hardly nothing about football. You put me in Billy Napier's job, we compete way better than what they did against Utah.
0: Well, it's just like you used to talk about the coaching, and I brought it up a minute ago, but like when it comes to like pre-snap penalties, you've had all all season to work on that. And that's where, that's where you really see is when you have third and one from your own like four. And instead of getting pushing, getting a one-yard run to get a first down inside the five, you have three or four pre-snap penalties, and you just can't do that, and that's why you lose games, and that's where bad coaching comes into play. So I don't disagree with that at all. I was wrong, though. I thought that you'd have the same one I did. Mine is pretty simple. It's just Dabo. It was <laughs> – that game last night was ugly. And after what he said pregame about his offense and how they were going to do it the Clemson way and –
1: that just didn't work. And he got rid of DJ, got K Klubnick. He's just he is I think
0: that's always his first like um five or six, seven years, he was like seventy three and seven as a coach. And that was with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence and those generational talent quarterbacks. And now since he's since Lawrence is gone in the last three years and he's twenty one and seven. So he has as many losses in the last three years. As he did his first like seven or eight, and it's not—they're not—they're not a playoff caliber team. And I thought it was just ugly yesterday.
2: A lot of people thought they'd be a national championship team, and you have no reason to think that they can't be, right? Yeah. Everybody thinks Kate Kuldnyk is this quarterback. Everybody thinks the the Clemson offense is this level. Everybody thinks, or I, I'm not, Clemson's defense is good. That's just, dude, there's a lot of problems going on down there in Clemson. And that's why I said, like, earlier, like, and I genuinely mean that. If you're a Clemson fan, is it really time to start questioning if Dabo's the man for the job? So, I mean, seriously, is he? Because I haven't I seen mean, anything, to your point, buddy, I haven't seen a dang thing in the last three years that makes me think Dabo's this unbelievable coach that deserves all this money, that deserves to be at this prestigious universe. Like, you're a joke you're genuinely he's a
0: joke. A, he he's the second highest paid coach in the country only behind Nick Saban and they look he looked like a mediocre mediocre coach last night and i don't At think best. i don't i don't expect that to change a whole lot and if you're Florida State right now after the first week you had and watching clemson uh this week you got to be feeling really good about your chances to win the ACC and just run away with it
2: the thing is is that Florida State is not the team because they did it last year. They started what, eight? They started seven and oh and it finished nine and three. They lost three straight in the middle and put two wins together. They have Florida State is not the team this year to mess with. Like they're because yeah. they're not gonna slack up. They know what it looks like when you slack up and you get beat. They are not going to slack up. Clemson is going to get rolled.
0: Yep. So yeah, that was our first time doing our this new segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh Moving on, Seabare, What was your biggest surprise of the week?
2: The three twenty twenty point underdogs winning: Texas State, Wyoming, and uh, well, Wyoming was a fourteen point favorite, but Texas State, Wyoming, and uh, Colorado—those are my surprises. I didn't. I, I mean, who expected anything out of Texas State? And then, I mean, I, I'm on record saying that I don't think Colorado is that good. Eat those words, and I have no problem eating those words.
0: Mine was that. I think Dion actually can coach in the Power Five. Like I said, I don't think they're a championship contender yet, but the dude can coach a little bit. Uh, he went, did it completely different, went, got 80 new guys, like 59 transfers, and just tried to just overhaul that roster, and it worked week one. So maybe this guy's maybe not as overrated as everybody thought he was. I think he might can coach. My disappointment, though, this week was not. It kind of along the lines of what you were just talking about, but um, it was the whole, co- the Big 12 conference as a whole. Texas didn't look great. Um, Kansas State looked good. But other than that, you have TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech losing to those big, those teams you just said. Yeah. Um, Baylor looks like they just are lost. They couldn't do anything. Uh, Texas Tech was a team that was really hyped up this year. They thought that they were going to have a good chance to, I don't know, maybe contend for a Big 12 championship, and they go and get beat by Wyoming. I know it was in double overtime, but you can't do that. And then TCU, we've pretty much covered them enough when it comes to the Colorado game, but other than that, I was pretty disappointed in the Big 12.
2: Don't forget, buddy. Oklahoma made Butch cry. <laughs> Oklahoma did make, Butch Jones
0: did cry. That was that was, a, that was an awful.
1: Work.
0: That probably should be included in the ugly because that was that was awful. I mean, he was truly he uh, he had a player having to console him on the sideline cuz he was crying in a college football game. And it's not like this guy's new. He coached at Tennessee. He's been in big games and he got beat so bad that he's crying on the sideline. How do you do that? How do you get to be a coach in that situation? You can't do that in a high school game. No. And he's on, the, he's on national TV crying because he's getting beat so bad.
2: <laughs> but I love Gosh, it. Man. man. I absolutely love it. You couldn't – I've been embarrassed on a football field so many times in my life, so many times I can't count. I've been embarrassed twice as a coach on a football field. And the thought of crying never even crossed my mind. No. Punching somebody in the face, absolutely. But crying, no. Nah. nah.
0: It, it was bad. but
2: My disappointment, buddy, I've got two, and it, it's based off of quarterback play, and it's Ohio State and Georgia. Um, okay. Ohio State's offense was extremely underwhelming considering the fact that they have, in my opinion – a Heisman level wide receiver and a freshman wide receiver, a really good offensive line, and two really good running backs. Um, Ohio State looked bad. Now that could be a testament. Indiana could have got better. I don't know anything about Big Ten football, but Ohio State looked bad. And then Georgia, just quarterback play was not impressive. They could be close. They could be closing the playbook on him and just seeing what he can do. I, I just Georgia and Ohio State. As far as offense is concerned, the quarterback play is very, very disappointing first week.
1: Yeah,
0: that's one of those things where you were just kind of expecting a whole lot more, especially with Ohio State's offense as good as they've been in the past. Uh That may have – watching this week may have taken a hit to your um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Heisman chances, though.
2: Yeah, it did for sure. There's no way he wins a Heisman.
0: Yeah. Uh, Players of the week, Bear. who do you think stood out?
2: Um. We've talked a little bit about Travis and Shador, so I'm just going to say Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis looked really good. He looked like a Heisman-level quarterback. Uh, 347 yards, five total touchdowns. He ran the ball well. He ran the ball when he needed to. That's yeah, he
0: wasn't he wasn't overdoing it. He did it. when Like on that one touchdown run he had, it wasn't even designed. They were reading the other side, and he felt the end coming from the left and just pulled it and walked in the end zone. It was really smartly done.
2: He's he, in my opinion he is the top guy as far as the Heisman's concerned right now because I look at Florida State and 11 and 1 12 and0 is extremely doable the only the only no. loss Florida State runs into is uh is Notre Dame but then again that defense for Florida State is so good I think if you can I think right now is the best way. The best, the best person to bet on for the Hosman is Jordan Travis.
0: Yeah, I actually have two, um, and I know we've talked about him, like you just said. But Travis Hunter was had a great week. Mm-hmm. Um, played over a hundred total snaps, which is unheard of in today's game. Uh, he had, a, like I said, eleven. He had eleven catches for over a hundred, like one hundred eighteen yards, and he also had an interception. He also had a touchdown catch that was called back because he barely stepped out of bounds, but he absolutely mossed TCU's best corner. Um, you just don't see two way guys anymore, and the way that he did it at such a high level, uh, he's kind of he's he lived up to the hype of that number one player in the country a couple years ago. And then my other one was is a very biased one, but I'm I, he, Trey Harris. First game is playing for Ole Miss, and he goes for four touchdowns. Sets a new school record. I mean, that was a great week. Uh, he somehow didn't get any kind of love when it came to the uh, SEC Players of the Week and all that stuff, but that, that doesn't surprise me. He was um, a
2: man, an absolute man. Like there you can one see, play, like – He's got three people about to tackle him. He's on a five-yard line, and he just legs out two more yards and gets in. Like, dude yeah. is a man.
0: I was just really happy to see the – uh, just the, you could see that dart and him had a really good connection already and that was just their first game together and only cuz he only been here since i guess the summer um so i was really happy to see that uh, top 25 let's run through that just really quick uh what do you who do you think is too high who do you thinks too low just give me a team um
2: in my opinion and this is going to sound crazy Ole Miss is way too low. Way too low. I don't disagree. Way too I low. I
0: think – then again, I mean, it was Mercer. We jumped two spots. So, I'm not necessarily sad. I'm looking at who's ahead of us. And it makes sense for the most part. Um, I mean, Wisconsin looked good. Oklahoma looked really good. North Carolina beat a, a ranked team. Um, Or not a ranked team, but they were a, a team that was hyped up this year and supposed to be good. Oregon State looked good. Kansas State looked really good. I don't really have a problem with where we're at. I think we'll find out a lot more this week. If, we, if we're still low, if we win a game at Tulane this week and we're still low, that low, then I'll have a problem with it. I think, I think Florida State should have jumped Alabama. Um, Alabama's three, Florida State's four. I think that should be flip-flop. And I think
2: Penn State should have gone to five. Yeah, Penn State looked I, really good this weekend.
0: Yeah, they, they, they beat a West Virginia team and just manhandled them. Um, I wouldn't have hated that just cause I mean, I th- it wouldn't make any, it wouldn't surprise me a bit for them to jump USC and Ohio state USC just didn't play anybody again. Not that They're not going to be a top five team at the end of the year and Ohio state just didn't play very well. So I, I don't have a problem with that at all.
2: There's still a lot of question marks surrounding USC's defense. A lot.
0: Oh, that's no. always, but, um, Other than that, I don't really have much of a problem with it. You said that you didn't like Colorado being ranked, and you said you didn't like Clemson being ranked at all, and I agree with the Clemson part. I think Colorado should be. I was a little surprised they jumped Tulane and A&M, because A&M had a good week, too. Um,
1: That's what I I just don't want.
0: Yeah. It's not necessarily that they're ranked. It's that they jumped those teams.
2: You're not better than Tulane, and you're not better than Texas A&M. If Colorado shows up in College Station tomorrow, they get sculled.
0: Yeah. So let's do a quick little preview of week two. We got a couple of ranked matchups this week. Uh, the first and main one, the biggest game, this is one of the biggest games that we've had circled on this, all, this calendar all offseason. Uh, Quinn Ewers in Texas goes into Tuscaloosa after a really close game last year against Alabama. I think you find out a lot about both Ewers and Milroe. I think you're going to find out a lot more
2: about Milrow than Ewers. Uh, what do you see happening here? I think it's going to be a close game. and I'll be honest with you, buddy. I've been looking at that under really heavy, and I haven't pulled the trigger on it because I want to wait and see if there's any sort of movement that I need to be concerned about or that's going to help me. But I really like the under in that game. I think both – I think Alabama's going to come out and they're going to run the ball about 70% to 30% just because they know they can do it against Texas. They're going to try and keep the ball out of Quinn Ewer's hands.
0: Alabama's favored by seven early. Uh, It's going to be a night game in Brighton, Denny. It's going to be a – that stadium's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. That's uh, going to be a really fun one to watch. Uh, the other one I have, another one I have is the Ole Miss and Tulane game. Ranked matchup in New Orleans. Uh, find out a lot about both Ole Miss and Tulane. Uh, I think, I mean, the, ESPN has this, have like a 75% chance to win that game. The, the line start, opened up at like six and a half. It's gotten up to seven and a half now. Um. But the Pratt kid for Tulane is going to be really good. Uh, He concerns me a little bit. He was – damn, he's 14 of 15 for 295 and four touchdowns,
1: and he can also run it. I mean, he's good.
2: The the problem is, though, if you're you're Tulane's defense, you have to stop somebody. And if you're trying to stop somebody – if you're trying to stop Dart, Judkins is going to hurt you. If you're trying to stop Judkins, Dart's going to hurt you. So it's just one of those things where two lines really, 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 second week of the season, they're going to have to put something together in practice. That, I mean, I'm not saying that they can't do it, but the only way they can compete in this game is if they put together some defensive scheme worth millions of dollars.
0: Yeah. Um, next game we got is this called the Buffalo's Colorado. Um, They got a big one to follow up that week one win. Nebraska had a really bad first game. Um, I don't know if they can come into Colorado and win this game, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't know, man. Colorado's only favored by three, if that tells you anything.
2: Tells me a lot. It tells me that they think Nebraska's going to control time of possession. If Nebraska controls the time of possession, this game is going to be very, very close. Because what Colorado is not going to do is score forty-five points. That's what they're yeah. not going to do.
0: And not only that, but Nebraska—I mean—they played about as bad as you could. Jeff Sims was not very good. He threw three interceptions in a very, in one a, in a very big part of the game. Late in the game, it was a tie game. Threw a pick, and Minnesota went down and kicked a field goal to win. They should have been start. They should have started out one and zero because they had a lead late and just gave it up. Um, I think you find out a lot about Colorado thing, turn around after that TCU, all of the excitement and emotion from that game and turn around and come and win a game like that. Even though I don't think Nebraska is that great, but I think it's a big, that's a big like stepping stone right there for Colorado to find out if they can be a legit, if they can win big games like this.
2: What Colorado never did in that TCU game was lose momentum. Nebraska is going to take momentum from them at some point in this football game. And we talked about it, buddy. If you're a roller coaster team and you ride the highs and you ride the lows, it's going to be really, really hard, especially with a Nebraska team that when you get in the fourth quarter, they're going to be stronger than you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just going to be stronger than you.
0: Yeah. Um. Next one I got is Oregon at Texas Tech. Oregon put up 81 the other day. Looked really good. I mean, and then Texas Tech. Following that loss at Wyoming, if you didn't look at it, and you wouldn't know it. What do you think the spread would be? You would think Oregon by a lot, right? Yep. Well, Oregon less than a touchdown, six and a half.
2: Catch me, catch me on Texas Tech. It, I mean, it
0: wouldn't shock me a bit. Now I don't, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think that's going to be a lot closer than what you would what the eye tells you after Oregon mm-hmm. put up eighty one and Texas Tech lost to a Wyoming team. Um, Texas Tech has to bounce back, and it's a big bounce-back game for them. They can kind of get back and just start over pretty much after a game like that, and they can make up for a loss like that if they can beat a really good Oregon team.
2: Which I think they can, and it does help us, buddy. Let's So let's, let's just be – let's just play devil's advocate here, okay? If Texas Tech beats Wyoming, right, and Oregon has the same day they have, I genuinely think we're looking at seven and a half, eight points for Oregon. Maybe, maybe even ten. The simple fact that Texas Tech is coming off of a loss at home against Oregon is what's giving you six and a half points. Yeah. Like I I am not going to be surprised at all, and I might do this, buddy, if Texas Tech's winning at halftime. I might take Texas Tech first half money line.
0: Yeah. I think that's I think they're gonna be right there in it. I think Oregon probably will pull away late. But I think that's going to be a game. I don't think that's going to be just a walk in the park for Oregon. And not only that, they're going all the way to Texas Tech, too. So and that, that could makes have a little been the bit of problem.
2: Work. That could have been the problem with Texas Tech. They had to go to Wyoming, play a team that you're supposed to school. You'd just been hanging out in Wyoming. When you went to the bar on Friday night, you took home the quarterback's girlfriend, if you're the defensive lineman, and then you show up to the ball field. He found out. Now he torches you.
0: Yeah. Uh last game we look at is the team we didn't really talk about but Texas A&M is going to Miami. Uh ESPN has them with a Miami with a 53% chance to win this game. However, the line is A&M minus 4. Um I don't see Miami winning this
1: game, but it wouldn't shock me.
2: Miami did look good against Miami Ohio. And I everybody was talking about Miami Ohio is going to give them their best shot. Miami looked pretty good. They did. Texas a and I think Texas A&M's back. You look at Texas A&M's schedule from last year, right? They lost to Auburn 13 to 10 in Auburn. The West is terrible. Anytime you got to go play in Auburn, it's tough. Beat UMass 20 to 3 in a game. That game was terrible. But they won. And then you go and beat LSU 38 to 23, and LSU walks into the Western Conference. Uh, walks into the Western Conference first place, right? Texas A&M's back. I mean, I'm sorry, but they're a 9-3 and three team. They are a more convincing 9-3 and three team than LSU is right now. And if LSU was playing on the road in Miami, it would be a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I still think it comes
0: down to, for A&M, is when will Jimbo let Petrino call plays? If Petrino starts calling plays, then a and I think, is a force to be reckoned with. But until then, I don't really buy into them, just because Jimbo I just can't call plays. So, we'll see. A couple of good games this week. More. It's probably going to be more good games this week than it was last week, which I'm happy about. So, I'm
1: excited to see what happens week two, especially the Ole Miss game in Alabama and Texas. Uh, Seabury, you know what else starts this week? What's up, bud? The NFL is finally back. So, I got a
0: couple games right here that I'm interested in. Uh very first one is the very first
1: NFL game of the year. Uh Lions are going to Kansas City and playing the Chiefs. Uh you got defending
0: Super Bowl champs in the Chiefs after they came off a win against the Eagles. You got D- Motor City Dan Campbell and Jared Goff coming in. Do you think that
1: do you think that Detroit can pull off the upset? Yes. Do you think they will?
0: Possibly. Well, that's not an answer. Come on.
2: This is what gets me, buddy. Detroit's offense is either going to go out there and score 40 points and their defense is actually going to have a decent night or Kansas City is going to skull track.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, it's it's one of two things. Here's the thing, though, buddy. One thing that the Chiefs don't have is Chris Jones. You can say what you want to, but Chris Jones has been an anchor on that defensive line. And Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee today in practice. That's, that's a huge.
0: That's huge. I mean, that's your guy that's your go to guy, and he is now questionable for week one. I'd be shocked to see if, if he plays you know, that's two days away and he hyperextended his knee today. Um so I'd be shocked if he played.
2: I tell you what else, buddy. Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown score. Jameer Gibbs is going to have a freaking night.
0: I'm off. for he him. him. He's my number one fancy running back. He's got. To,
2: I need him to have a good game. Well, now I know who I'm taking the second round. Um. <laughs> After that – I'm playing. I'm not going to do that. Oh, that was in my not other league. Not in not, not that league. My uh, other league. Well, yeah. I'm still not that kind of guy. Yeah. Even though I'm, there are people in our league that are that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, Which might okay. be the reason why – I went four and eight last year. Maybe I'm not saying that that was the reason, but everybody that I was going to pick got picked way before I had a chance. Well, you know,
0: if he went four and eight, I did too, and one of us lost the um play the uh, fantasy league last year, and that was me. I'm actually repping my five K T shirt today uh, <laughs> since I did have to do that a couple couple weeks ago to be able to draft this year. It, Buddy, is, it is not a
2: bad time though. Not a bad time for the young man. A ten minute mile is not bad on a five K. I would it have like ran it in about an hour. I just it be was pretty I'm not I'm not a distance guy, buddy. I'm good for short bursts of speed. I think everybody knows that. I'm like 5, 10, 200 pounds. I am not built for distance.
0: Look, man, I was I was felt I was feeling pretty good thinking I was about a mile and a half, about halfway through it. I looked down and I'm like point six miles in. I was like, oh no, this is not good. And it was was a struggle the rest of the way. The first mile was a lot quicker than the second, too.
2: Were they handing Michelobes out at the water stations, or was it just water?
0: Dude, it was 7 o'clock in the
2: morning. I'd have been hammering Michelobes, guys. I mean, I would have probably taken a cooler and just walked that son of a (laughs) gun.
0: All right, well, that's enough fancy talk, because I was awful last year. But let's get going in the NFL. Battle for Ohio, you got the Bengals and the Browns. I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow will be playing. uh haven't seen anything about that officially yet. Uh I'm excited though, because you got Burrow, assuming he's healthy in plays against Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Uh it's gonna be with him being their full time. Their full time guy after last year he came in and played pretty well the last few games of the year. Uh
1: Cincinnati's favored by two and a half. I'm still I'm I'm thinking that will be a really good one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think Cincinnati wins. Uh, A lot of people are. A lot of money's on Cleveland. Um, I think Cincinnati wins the game.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to need Elijah Moore to have a decent game, though. So that's
2: who's he play for now? The Browns.
0: The Browns. And he's been he's he's been a guy for Deshaun Watson this this all season. I think he's going to have a good. I think he's going to have a good year. That's a good um, combo,
2: now, buddy. Seriously, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and David and Joku—that's a really, yeah. really good combo.
0: Yeah, and Deshaun Watson is like going to be a Deshaun Watson going to be a different guy than Baker Mayfield.
2: I, was, I so, mean, we can hope.
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as he can stay out of, as long as he stops getting massages.
2: But <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he goes to New Orleans, just stay away, buddy. Like, just yeah. stay in the hotel.
0: Uh, Dolphins and Chargers should be an interesting one Sunday afternoon. Uh, Tua's coming back off of his seven concussions last year.
1: <laughs> Justin, Herb-
0: <laughs> Justin Herbert has a, a good week one test. Uh, right now the Chargers are favored by three. It's in L.A., but that doesn't mean anything because L.A.'s crowds are awful and probably be more Dolphins, game. Dolphins fans there than Chargers. But who do you see winning this one? Give
2: me the Chargers. Give me the charges.
0: Yep. Biggest game I'm looking forward to this weekend is Monday night. Uh, the Buffalo Bills go and play Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. First time you're really going to get to see Aaron Rodgers really play. He Played one game in the preseason, but you got Jer- Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers' first Monday night game. I'm, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, Buffalo is actually favored by two and a half. I think this is a big. This could be a really big. Situation late in the year because this is a division where the Bills and the Jets are supposed to be the best two teams. And if either one of them get a heads up on them early, that could be a good start for them and to be able to have that
2: tiebreaker. That's going to be a, a really good football game. I'll tell you what I like in this game, buddy. It might sound crazy. I like the under. Everybody's keying on Josh Allen. Everybody's keying on on uh, Aaron Rodgers being quarterbacks, and that usually lends towards the over. But you're only getting 46 and a half is the total. So it's not anything crazy on the total. You would you would expect maybe 50, 51, especially early. I mean, we're talking about September. It ain't going to be snowing in New York. Yeah. Um, but I do like the under here. I think both defenses come to play because they know, like like you said, buddy, they, one of them has to get a heads up here. Like, it has to happen and both defenses know that they're going to be the reason that it happens, right? Whoever gets the stop, whoever controls time of possession on offense, it's going to be a good game.
0: I'm just really, really interested to see Aaron Rodgers as he reunites with Nathaniel Hackett, his OC now at New Jersey, at New York. Um, I'm I'm excited to see him somewhere different than Green Bay. I mean, I liked when he was at Green Bay, but this is going to be a completely different animal. Um, New York's a big; it's a bright city. I mean, you got to handle the bright lights there. It's not like the Midwest and in the middle of a neighborhood in Green Bay. You got to be able to show up and you got to perform. Also, one little tidbit
1: about uh, the New York Jets: Do you know who the receiving leader was in the preseason? No, our man Jason
0: Brownlee. Was it? Yep, it wasn't wow. a whole lot, this- but he 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 was a leading yeah.
2: receiver. His first two games, he struggled. He only had like 20 some yards in his first two games. But I think, like, I think we talked about it a little bit. Zach Wilson was his freaking quarterback. Yeah, that's right. That's come good. on now. That's all you need to say.
0: So yeah, I really hope that he can get in, make an impact. I'll be pumped. I'll be watching for him. I'm excited. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so that's just kind of about covers it for the NFL for what we're going to talk about this week. But see, bear, it is time for your lock of the week. After a really solid two and start in Week One in college football, including a very, very bad beat when it comes to Kentucky,
1: but yeah, that was brutal.
0: Who, it was pretty bad.
1: Thing. So, Sea
0: Bear, who is your lock this week?
2: You might not you might not want me to say this, buddy, but this is I I I feel really strongly about this. Okay, you take a seven point teaser. This is what you do. Alabama, you get them at a pick'em. You go to Old Miss and you get them at a half a point. You go to Mississippi State and you get them under a field goal. Those three teams will win this weekend. I like that a lot. Hammer that in, seven-point teaser, Alabama, Old Miss, Mississippi State. So,
0: Bama pick Ole Miss oh. minus a half a point. Yeah. And Mississippi State minus what, two and minus three? Two, two and a half. Okay. All right. Well, yep. we'll see what happens. Um, I like it. I think Alabama wins. I think Ole Miss wins. And I think Mississippi State will win by more than three. So I, I like it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, then that just kind of about covers it. Seabere, you got
2: anything else? Um. No. This was not – listen – we're not Dabo haters, okay? We're not Billy Napier haters, but it is our job to um, to cover sports. And um, it just so happens that uh, they suck at their job, okay? <laughs> it just so happens they suck at their job. And I'm sorry. If you're a Clemson fan, I'm sorry. If you're a Florida fan, I'm sorry. Don't pick a team that sucks. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm not a Billy Napier hater, but I might be considered a Dabo hater. I was very happy to see him get his ass kicked last night. So hey,
2: shout out to our guy uh Brad uh what Haynes? Brad, Brad Haynes. Haynes. Yeah.
0: Brad Haynes.
2: The man was having a heart attack on Twitter last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I,
2: I hope he took his aspirin this morning because that heart was going last night. He was not happy about all of that. But no, it wasn't
0: uh, <laughs> Another big week ahead, college another week two of college football, week one in the NFL. Uh we are back full swing football now. We got both leagues going. Uh we're about to get really busy here watching a lot of games. So enjoy that. Uh we will see y'all next week. And if I was you, I would follow C Bear's Log of the Week because he's it's free money.
2: If I was you, that's what i would. Do. I mean that's I, we I can't we can't tell you what to do. But if I was you and you were me. I'd be Taylor. So, like
0: I said, see y'all next week. We'll be back with Get to the Point uh, sometime next week to recap recap what happened all this weekend. So, see y'all later.